You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hi guys, it's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd and welcome along to this podcast. Now I'm going to scare you out of your skin on this one as we were talking about the spookiest hotel experiences that we've ever had across the planet. We also talk food on the show with BB Social who are down there with the little Greek shop at Expo 2020. Tough Mudder came on to tell us about how we can push ourselves to the limits with the Tough Mudder that's back in town. And also we talked Halloween in the desert. And finally, some theatre with Savage Limbo with the guys from The Junction. Do enjoy it and don't forget to join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. I want to talk something a little bit scary as Halloween is creeping closer. Now, Airbnb has the ultimate offer for scary movie fans this month. I, I was reading this last night. The online lodging marketplace is giving Scream super fans the chance to stay at the home where much of the original film took place and where Ghostface was first defeated. Airbnb have renovated the original Scream house in Northern California and it looks almost like it did, exactly like it did, in fact, back in 1996. Uh, they're going to be hosting three one-night stays during the last week of October, concluding on Halloween night with the room for four guests to stay. Uh, and it'll only cost you $5 as well if you fancy uh, having that bit of a fright. So um, that got me thinking about places that I've stayed that I've felt a little bit uncomfortable and scared and, uh, you know, um, will probably be a good venue for Halloween. Uh, the one that, d- that came to mind straight away for me was the first time that I, I visited the Philippines and it was in the capital, Manila, and uh, I was staying in this hotel called the Manila Manor. Okay. Which was, you know, it looked great when we, when I booked it and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kind of when I got there, there's lots of shadows in the corridors mm. and all that kind of thing, you know, and mm. creaky floorboards. Anyway, I'm lied, just gotten into bed. It's probably about one o'clock in the morning, and uh, I could hear somebody turning the door handle. Oh on my goodness! On my room. <laughs> And, oh the, you goodness. know, bearing in mind, it is the first time that I'd ever been in the country and I wasn't very mm-hmm. streetwise. And I, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? I, I, I didn't answer the door. I stayed well away from the door. But that is one that comes to mind for me as a scary hotel that I stayed at. Were you able to sleep after that? Because not I would ve- stay up for uh, days. Not very well, I don't think. Not very oh. well. Yeah, it was a scary experience. <laughs> and Anything spring to mind for you, Maria? Yes. So I won't mention the hotel's name because they're a big chain. Um, but I stayed in Hungary for two nights um, alone and uh, the hotel has this weird policy of turning off the light after a certain hour so in the lobby in the corridors everywhere wow and it was just it was very unsettling and then obviously inside the room you could hear everything happening outside so either on the streets so like the police sirens and people screaming and yelling on the streets or or people in the other room you know making you know just weird noises and it was <laughs> the worst two nights of my life i barely slept and i usually don't sleep on planes but because i was so exhausted i slept on the plane on the wow, way back what yeah. a story would you go yeah. back and stay there again no i would not <laughs> I wouldn't. actually funnily enough with my hotel uh, if anybody's listening from that hotel, i did go back and, and stay again and uh, it, it, it was not a problem but uh, yeah that first night with somebody turning the uh, the door handle on my room oh it was scary so guys what 
has been your uh, spookiest hotel or scariest hotel that you've ever stayed in? We're going to go to the lines. Um, Aristotle joins us on the show. Good afternoon. Hi, Mark. Good afternoon to you. How are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, so what's your experience then um, when it comes to spooky hotels or Airbnbs? Yeah, so, I mean, there was, uh, there is, uh, we had gone to this hotel in India. Yeah. And it had quite a reputation for, you know, there are a lot of uh, these uh, monkeys around the... All right. In that area, yeah. The ones that grab your food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and these these guys were so bold. Uh, they would actually, you know, uh, enter rooms and uh, steal food and give it to come into the room. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were in the room and the door was left ajar, and the monkey actually entered the room. They're not scared of humans at at all. And uh, if you're sitting outside in in the in the balcony, yeah. Uh, with your cup of tea, they would they'd actually come and scare you away and take uh, and take wow. away the sugar and the milk and stuff. Yeah, they they <laughs> they absolutely unafraid of humans and uh, they would uh, actually scare you away. So it was a really uh, frightening experience. I and, bet it uh, the was. Hotel staff, yeah, the, the hotel staff uh, literally uh, you know goes around with uh, these slingshots. To scare the monkeys away. <laughs> wow. So I, I don't think you went back for a second stay. Oh, boy, it was quite scary. It was quite <laughs> scary. <laughs> Aris, thanks so much for your call. On line number two, Herman joins us. Good afternoon, Herman. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good, sir. So you've got a story for me. I, I was I was talking earlier on about the fact the first time I ever went to Manila, um, I yeah. stayed in a hotel there, and um, in the middle of the night, someone was turning the door handle. I think you've had a similar experience in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it was a summertime. Uh, me and my friend check in a secluded hotel, uh, southern part of Manila. Then uh, I wake up at midnight because there's someone knocking at my door. So when I opened up, there's there's no one. So the knocking of the door repeats until 2 a.m. in the morning. And until daylight, I wasn't able to get some sleep because of, so, <laughs> I'm so, shaking. So they keep knocking on the door, but when you open it, there's nobody there. Yeah. Uh, and also the light, the toilet is uh, flickering. So oh that no. uh, adds to me. That made it worse, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Herman, did you ever go back to that hotel or was it just a one-off visit? No, but I plan to go back again <laughs> to check if See, uh, it will happen again for me. <laughs> right. Thanks for your call, Herman. Much appreciated. We've been asking you about some of the creepiest hotels that you've stayed in. Claire, thanks for your message. Creepiest place I've stayed in was during my backpacker days in Prague in a prison that had been converted to a hostel and painted pink. Oh, wow. Uh, stayed in the basement cell with bunk beds and a heavy metal door. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that is uh, a place that you'd want to be staying, really, Claire. Thanks for that. Another message coming in from Farid. Checked in midnight at Park Lodge Aberystwyth in Wales after an 18-hour journey and straight away hit the bed. Sometimes during the night, I felt the sheets rustle and sense someone slipping into the quilt. Wake up with a start, startle and couldn't sleep. Next morning, my colleagues who stay there often tell me that the same thing has happened to them. That's very spooky, Farid. Uh, I don't think I'll be stopping there, let me tell you. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8.
Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, now, Spiro Panagakis is the owner and co-founder of BB Social and the Little Greek Shop, and uh, he's also uh, down there at Expo as well, serving up some delicious food at uh, the mega events. And uh, he joins us right now on the line to tell us a little bit more. Spiro, how are you? Mark, hi there. Good morning. Good to talk again, sir. Um, so tell yeah, me, what, what, what are you doing down at Expo, and what kind of uh, food are you serving up to visitors there? Uh, Mark, we had the uh, great opportunity uh, where we launched uh, the little Greek shop as a, uh, as a, as a virtual coming out of the IFC. Um, and uh, long behold, that uh, the opportunity came about to uh, provide a, a homegrown concept uh, cuisine, I guess specific, uh, down at Expo. So we're down in the sustainability district, okay. uh, part of a, a larger, let's call it a food container uh, setup. Uh, so it's very sort of quick and easy, uh, light, yet filling bites for uh, such a, an array of uh, clientele that's uh, been here for the last, say, we've been open now for the last seven days. Um, but, yeah, we're having a lot of fun, a lot of fun and very, very proud, uh, we must say, very, very proud to, to have this opportunity to, to, to open up uh, an actual site, uh, physical, which we always said during COVID that uh, we want these virtual concepts to come to life. Uh, where people can actually see them as opposed to just ordering online. So, yeah, very excited there, Mark. So how are you celebrating culture through your cuisine? Um, and, and just give me some idea of the cuisine that's uh, being served up at the Little Greek shop. Uh, well, the, the Little Greek, the, the base is uh, just literally taken from what you'll see in many, many parts of Greece, which it's, uh, let's call it the local takeaway, yeah. uh, which is the main base. And uh, when, in, a, in a celebration of culture, because it's, it's, quite, it's quite traditional, so you'll see um, uh, dips ranging from the classic darama, which is the fish road, tzadziki, which is the, uh, the garlic yogurt, and uh, uh, melizano salata, then ask you to repeat these big words there, Mark. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, smoked eggplant dip that we do. Uh, then leading on to sort of various bites from uh, dolmadas, which is uh, what's known locally here as the, the dolma, uh, Greek salad, uh, spanakorizo, which is a lemon, um, a lemon spinach rice, and then your classic gyros. So where, where we've become quite synonymous, or let's call it uh, uh, worldly, for, for producing the wraps, the Greek wraps, which is uh, the souvlaki, which is the skewer, ranging from different proteins, so we've got chicken, we've got lamb, uh, and we've also got a, a vegetarian made from pretty much the oldest pasta in existence. Really? Uh, which is called trachana. Uh, and trachana you can actually now buy here in Dubai, which is fantastic. So it's almost like a soured wheat um, pasta, which is uh, very similar to what the Italians might have as an arancini. Uh, and we make that into a gyros. So the, the gyros is basically a, a lovely uh, bread wrap with uh, tomatoes, onions, uh, Greek yogurt, uh, the protein, uh, and some chips just to fill up your belly uh, after walking across Expo, which is quite vast, very vast. Yeah, um, just tell us a bit about your sustainable and eco-friendly methods um, that's, that you use, and, and are you sourcing locally your, all your uh, ingredients? Yeah, I mean, I think eventually... Uh, sustainable Dubai, which is always what our hope is as a homegrown, to be able to uh, buy and source locally without having, um, or let's, let's, let's do it to support our carbon footprint going forward. Um, at, at the little Greek shop, uh, all of us down there too, 
um, are completely plastic-free. Um, I don't, I don't want to keep banging on about trends because tr- trends are... It's either going to be educational for people or it's just going to be a trend that's just going to pass and then we're going to move on to other products and uh, services. But uh, plastic-free is, is, is obviously a huge uh, step forward uh, over the last year and how we as businesses uh, in single-use products uh, are not damaging um, what we call the planet or not damaging especially locally um, uh, the local land uh, and we're disposing of things properly. So all our packaging itself in terms of um, all the paper products uh, are 100% biodegradable as well. Uh, Our wraps themselves, as opposed to using uh, paper, uh, reverted to, uh, it's almost like a vine leaf that meets a hoba leaf. Um, So again, that's just completely biodegradable. So effectively on on an approach to the way we're trying to work going forward is uh, buy locally, so our vegetables, uh, we'll buy through uh, p- primarily our tomatoes through uh, pure harvest, uh, as, as with the cucumbers. Um, and our, our meat, chicken, for example, is bought here through, um, through Abu Dhabi sources, um, and as is the lamb going forward. So uh, we're, we're, we're proud uh, as a homegrown brand to support locally and uh, to just to take that vision of uh, look after your local land before you start importing and creating uh, let's call it the damage to the earth's uh, environment. Uh, and finally, Sparrow, I, I just want to ask you about um, your impressions of, of Expo. Obviously, you've been down uh, before it actually started to getting uh, everything together there for the little Greek shop. What's caught your eye down at uh, Expo? Uh, I think uh, so that's what keeps us um, so not on our toes, but we're, we're excited about what we're doing because, again, uh, Expo is, is a celebration of uh, uh, the, the land itself um, and how we celebrate countries around the world in, in, in one destination. Um, I think it's, it's amazing how here in Dubai, after what we've gone through well, worldwide, what we're still going through, but uh, through this pandemic, to be able to produce such a, an amazing ecosystem, or let's call it almost like a city on its own, in such a sort of, let's call it, reduced period of time. Um, we, we've all sort of run 100 miles an hour to, to, to get to the opening and um, let's go live, but it's, it's phenomenal. The amount of, uh, let's call it logistics that it takes to put this together. It's so nice to see the human working together, collaborating together under all these different levels of um, expertise uh, to give... Uh, today's uh, guest or today's visitor uh, an experience that you know, they can take away and yeah. remember for a long time. Yeah. Sparrow, uh, we've run out of time, but um, once again, that's Sparrow uh, Panagakis. You can find the little Greek shop in the sustainability district of uh, Expo 2020. It happens to be where our studios are, so uh, there could be a visit on the cars with me tomorrow, of course, as we're broadcasting live from Expo tomorrow. This is Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. So welcome back to the show, and I can tell you that Jeep Tough Mudder is back and giving people in the UAE the chance to get their hands on a world-famous orange headband. Once again, it's making its return to the Emirates with not just one, but four awesome events. And to tell us all about it, we have uh, Duncan DeHughes, who's the commercial director at Sabcor Sports, the uh, organisers of Tough Mudder. Good afternoon, Duncan. How are you doing? 
Yeah, good on you, Mark. Thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure. So tell me, very exciting news. For people that don't know what Tough Mudder is, maybe you can just uh, explain it. Um, so the probably the easiest way to explain it is a combination of trail running with military-inspired obstacles. Um, it's kind of considered the world's fastest-growing sport at the moment, and we do a number of different um, uh, sizes. We do a 5-kilometer, and we do a 10-kilometer. You know, the 5-kilometer, obviously, recommended for beginners. And, um, yeah, so it's a really good day out. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like it. So, uh, four events this season. Where and, and when are they going to be taking place? So, we start this coming weekend in Rack. Um, and then we're moving to Dubai for the uh, 13th of uh, November. And then we're off to Abu Dhabi for uh, a, a December event. And then in Ju- January, we are going to be in Fajira. It's going to be our first time in Fajira. Excited for that location up in the mountains. It's going to be something pretty unique. Um, yeah, we're just happy to be back after a tough 2020 with no events due to the pandemic. Um, so we're coming back bigger and better than ever. So can anyone apply for this? Is it for different levels of fitness or is it for the, you know, the real action men out there? What, what kind of criteria do you have to go through to uh, be part of Tough Mudder? The cool thing about Tough Mudder is that literally anyone can do it. Um, so we've obviously got a competitive element for those people that are, are really into fitness and into adventure. Um, but then also for people that are, are just beginners, it's a, it's a fun day out. You know, you can, you can walk the course your mates or other people on the course will help you over the obstacles. Um, it's actually quite interesting that, that a very large percentage of our participants are, actually come from corporates who will enter teams as, as a team-building event. Um, you know, and then we see a real mixed bag of people, you know, literally from the guy that's come straight off the couch to the fitness bunny of the office. Um, so literally anyone can do it. Okay, um, so how do we get involved? What do we need to do to, um, you know, get, get our name on one of these events? The easiest way to do it is to visit our website or one of our socials, which is uh, Tough Mudder Arabia. The details are all there. And this year, for the first time, we're selling a season pass for people that are really adventurous and want to commit to all four events. Um, but if that's not your cup of tea and you just want to try it out, we can you can buy uh, single passes for a specific event that uh, suits your your kind of um, you know the distance you want to do and also where you're based in the UAE. Uh, and is the, how is it different from any other endurance events that maybe we've taken part in? What, you know, what's uh, uh, puts Tough Mudder apart? I think uh, for me and one of the reasons we actually got involved in the business um, was because of that camaraderie and uh, team element. So with normal endurance events um, and many of my uh, staff and my team are endurance athletes, you know, it's, it's a very individual thing. You're out there alone for a long time. And with obstacle course racing and particularly tough muddle, mudder, you, um, you know, you, you, even if you don't go with a team or you don't go with friends, you, you make friends on the day and, um, there's this real feeling of camaraderie and accomplishment, mm-hmm. which makes it a really nice day out and completely different from a normal endurance event. Fantastic. Once again, uh, if we want to get involved, where do we need to head to, Duncan? Afmadarabia.com. 
Fantastic. Uh, so looking forward to that and uh, best of luck for your first event that's going to be happening uh, this weekend, the 15th of October. This is Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, welcome back into the show. Of course, Halloween is just around the corner. And how about spending Halloween in the desert? That would be something very different that I've definitely not done. And uh, to tell us more about the Nara Desert Escape and Sonara Camp, we have the founder, Stephanie Danielle, joining us on the show. Good afternoon, Stephanie. How are you? Hello, Lloyd. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Uh, Cool. So tell me a little bit about the Nara Desert Escape and Sonara Camp and, and why you actually set it up in the first place. Well, actually, I've created a new concept to enjoy the desert in a more comfortable way. So Nara is like our private camp. It's exclusive, and guests can customize their bespoke experience. And Sonara Camp is a unique desert safari with a restaurant. And you can also choose to sleep there in one of our tents. Okay, so it's a very different experience that we're going to have uh, heading out to um, the desert. So what have you got planned for your Halloween spectacular? Yeah, well, we're really excited about Halloween. We're organizing a special day there at Sonara. Um, kids will be able to trick-or-treat by camel, so the candies will be hidden in the dunes. So that's something super special. Um, they can also carve their pumpkin. They'll have face paintings. We're going to have jugglers, acrobats, and an amazing zombie show where we're planning to have the zombie appear from inside the sand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A bit like in Thriller. All right. But without being too scary. We don't want it to be too scary because if there's little ones, we don't want yeah. to frighten them. Yeah, uh, but we just want to give them the, the atmosphere of, um, uh, of, uh, of Halloween. I mean, what age groups are you looking at? And uh, what activities uh, have you got for each of those age groups? Well, really, uh, Sonara is for every age. I mean, from kids, toddlers, to parents, grandparents. It's, uh, it's really, you know, designed for, for parents to enjoy while kids are being entertained. So there's always something super special. And the entertainment is really actually for every age group. Okay. We have things that are more, you know, geared for children and other stuff that are much more geared to its parents. Okay, um, it sounds really cool, does this? Uh, I mean, where exactly hey, is I it? I hope you'll come. Where, where exactly is it, and how do we get to it, Stephanie? Well, actually, we're half an hour from Dubai Mall, from downtown. It's on Alain Road. Um, it's not very far. It's just super close to Skydive Dubai. Oh, yeah, I know that, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, I'm, I'm presuming, you know, you've got to uh, limit numbers. I mean, how... Uh, how many are we looking at to uh, make this a night to remember? For Halloween, we're yeah. going to have about 180 guests. Okay. We don't want to make it too big because we want to keep it quite exclusive. Okay. But you have to hurry up because we're actually almost full. Really? I, I mean, where can we book if we do want to do this? You can book on our website. We have an interactive website where you can choose actually and customize your experience. Now, apart from Halloween, which I'm sure is going to be a great success, um, what else do you get up to out there at the uh, Narrow Desert Escape? In general or for special yeah. holidays? Yeah, just in general. Um, you know, um, if we want to come one weekend, what's, what's happening there? Yeah, in general. I mean, we have every day like camel ride, horse riding, buggies, dune bashing, falcon shows. There's so much. We have soft archery, sandboarding. Um, and there's every night we have shows throughout the whole evening mm-hmm. with acrobats, live music, 
a magician, and we have a fire show every day. And now in honor of the Expo 2020, I've asked our fire show artists to work on the uh, amazing new song, you know, that they created. Oh, isn't like it fantastic? Topic. This is so our time. Well. Yeah. yeah, this is our time. And, um, of course, the hot topic these days is sustainability. I mean, how is your camp eco-friendly and sustainable? Yeah, actually, our camp is completely eco-friendly. Uh, we have a zero-plastic policy, for example. We use solar panels, and all the material that we use is either recycled or comes from fair trade and ethically and is ethically sourced. So, you know, we're yeah. really, I mean, we don't, for us, the zero, you know, footprint, it's extremely important. We're in the Dubai Desert Conservation, so the whole uh, concept is uh, sustainable. And I'm guessing, um, you know, following on from Halloween, uh, which by the sounds of it is, is you know, selling out fast, um, are you going to be doing anything yeah. for the New Year celebration, Christmas maybe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. First, the next one that we're planning is the UA National Day. Okay going to be really special because it's the 50 years of the uae and we're going to have a lot of uh, local traditions and the dance parade and you know flag shows what we try to do is i mean the whole concept is to do something a bit more modern so you always have a twist you know uh, mm. that's quite modern yeah. and fun uh christmas like last year for example and we'll do the same this year we had a santa claus come by camel and he gave gifts for all the children and then we had an amazing show but the <laughs> Santa Claus was doing like a hip-hop dance oh really? <laughs> uh, you know it's like always yeah. with a twist and it's fun and there's lots of activities kids can also do um the gingerbread houses yeah so there's many things and New Year's this year we're gonna do a Moulin Rouge theme nice last year was Great Gatsby and this year is Moulin Rouge Sounds good. Once again, where do we need to head to if we want to book for uh, any of these, whether it's Halloween, whether it's the New Year show, or even National Day? Where do we need to uh, to book? Yeah, please book on our website, nara.ae, and you can choose, you know, whatever experience you, you prefer. Stephanie, been great chatting with you, and uh, enjoy your spooktacular Halloween show. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. You're welcome back uh, into the show. Lunch with Lloyd through two o'clock. Now, it's time to talk some theatre. Savage Limbo. Um, a very interesting title of a production uh, that's going to be happening at the Junction. To tell us more about it, we have joining us Mario. Hi, Mario. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Good to speak with you again. And you. Uh, we've got John as well, who's part of this performance. How are you doing, John? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, the female part of the cast, we have Lydia joining us as well. Hi, Lydia. Hi, how are you? Really good, and thank you all for uh, spending some time with us on the show. Let's get started with Mario. Uh, just get, paint a picture. Savage um, in Limbo, what's it all about? So, Savage in Limbo, basically, we have five 30-year-olds. And the way that I'd like to describe it is that these five people are in a cage okay. and they have the key to the cage, but they can't find the keyhole to get out and they really want to get out. Okay. So they are getting together and they're trying to figure out how to get out. Right. So that's roughly what it is. So John, tell me about your uh, particular character and uh, some of his traits. 
Well, I'd actually like to clarify that I'm actually the director. So okay. I don't actually have a character in. I don't actually have a character in Savage and Limbo. I'm directing and putting it together. Now, Mario's given you a very, very high level summary of what's going on. Yeah, it's based in the Bronx. It's the 1980s. You've got five 32-year-old, 30-somethings who've possibly not made the best decisions in life up until that point, and they've they've all come together on a Monday evening. They're ruminating on life and their decisions, and they're trying to they're trying to derive some sort of outcome from that. Okay, and how has your directing experience been on this particular um, uh, production, John? Well, so, so I've been very, very fortunate to be working with a, with a fantastic cast, and we've been supported fully by The Junction, who uh, really are the home of community theatre in Dubai. Um, I, I'll admit it is my first, it is my, is my directorial debut in Dubai, but I'm looking forward to it with a, with a great deal of anticipation. I think it's going to be a very, very successful production. Excellent. So, Lydia, um, where do you fit into all this with these uh, 30-somethings uh, wanting to break free? Yeah, uh, so my character is Linda, and she has made some poor choices since she was high school. She's basically still living like she's in high school, and she's 32. And she's got a face where she's like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live with my mom. I, I'm a mother. Of I see a boy every Monday night. And the other night, you know, who knows what he's doing. And, and that's not the life I want. It's time for change. Okay. Kind of like a midlife crisis. Yeah, midlife, midlife crisis kind of thing. Um, so, Mario, um, your particular character, let me ask you about him. <laughs> yeah, this character is a lot of fun. Now, from the previous uh, characters that I've been doing this season specifically, there's been a lot of a dark tone. One of the reasons why we picked this play and I picked this character specifically, yeah, it's because I would say it's like the, the polar opposite of it. You know, he's more quirky and he's kind of, uh, he's not very well educated, but because he's not aware of it, he's very free with his words and, you know, he expresses himself fully and it's just been a lot of fun to play with that. Um, uh, John, um, you say it's your directorial debut. Um, uh, how have you enjoyed it? And, and what's your thoughts on the theatre scene? Um, as uh, Mario said, you know, the junction very much uh, the focal point, really, of theatre here in, in Dubai. I would say certainly for community theatre, the junction really does seem to be where it's at. I've just transitioned from a... Uh, from a particular performance over in Dubai, uh, sorry, in Abu Dhabi last weekend, that will come back to Dubai. So we know that there are there are there are regular productions every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, the sort of challenges, I suppose, that we're we're, we're facing with this production, uh, essentially, this community theatre, people are volunteering their time and their commitment, and I think it's important to uh, to, to ensure that everybody sort of remains committed to the project, which is delivering a successful production. So, Lydia, are you excited then for uh, the forthcoming performances? Are you all set to go? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's yeah, let's get on that stage and let's do it. Um, so, John, how many performances and uh, what is the ticket situation for a Savage in Limbo? Well, we are pretty close to selling out on the opening night. So we open on Thursday, we're going to run on Friday, and then we have another performance on Saturday. Uh, there are still a few tickets available for all performances at the moment, but as, as I say, um, it's John Patrick Shanley wrote the play, very, yeah. very popular playwright. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of visibility, and um, I've had, had a look at the ticket numbers this morning, and then uh, if anybody is thinking of attending, I would, I would advise them to make a booking sooner rather than later. Great stuff. Well, uh, Mario, John and Lydia, thanks so much for joining us on the show. That's Savage in Limbo happening at the Junction this coming weekend.